Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. opportunity to be here and uh, feel like I'm, I've got a, a task today. It's not the simplest of tasks, but, but I want you to know that, that if at any point in this service that you need to pray, the, the mourner's bench is here. Um, now, I've seen people get saved all over the church. Uh, it can happen right where you're sitting, but I, I've never found a better way to confess God than to get up and move for God, uh, to make a commitment to, to stand and, and to go and bow before him and pray. Um, I can say this much, if you're ashamed of him here, he'll be ashamed of you there. Um, so it oughtn't to be a burden on us when we have a need to pray, to come and pray. What a, what a privilege and a benefit it is for us to pray. Um, turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of Second Peter. Second Peter is where our text uh, will come from. We're going to read from chapter number 3. And uh, we certainly desire your prayers. I, I think a, a challenging message this morning and one that has a bit of urgency to it. And I hope that will be clear. So pray for us. Second Peter, chapter number 3. We're going to begin at verse number 3. Knowing this, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, where's the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of. That by the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto judgment, unto fire against that day of judgment, and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come. As a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God? wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, 
according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless, and account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. So I would like to read today. Father, we pray for the unction of the Holy Spirit. We confess we have no power. Again, we say, Father, that we have nothing within ourselves to offer. And yet we yield as best we know how, praying for the divine appointment, for the Holy Spirit and your word to capture every thought and every mind, that by conviction of your Holy Spirit you might draw to the uttermost the souls of those that need make preparation for this coming day. Grant us the utterance to speak, hide us behind the cross, that Christ alone be seen and magnified. For we ask it believing in Jesus' great name. Amen. question today is, are we living in the last days? Are we living in the last days? Now, you could make an argument that there's no way to know whether or not we're living in the last days, for the writers in the Scripture have said, in, even in their time, and I'll share a Scripture here in a minute, where the Apostle John wrote, And he simply said, brethren, it is the last days. He said that. And that was in the day that he lived. And so if John was able to boldly make such a statement concerning our place in time and where we are as a people, can we truly say today that we're still living in the last days? It's it's been 2,000-some years now since the apostle wrote such a thing. And yet we find in the Word of God over and over where it was mentioned that this is the last days. And it it speaks specifically about what it is we can look for and acknowledge that it is the last days. Now, the point of the message today, I hope, is clear. But if if, if God had a watch and he don't, doesn't need one, But if the end of time was marked off in time as we know it, and midnight, as they call it, was the hour, what time is it now? What time has it been for some time now? Are are we, some say, we're not just in the 11th hour. No, we're at the 11th hour, the 59th minute, and the hand of seconds is quickly ticking away. Is this true? Is it true? And can we see in the word of God it is true? Can we line this truth up? So pray for me. I think it's relevant we understand this. I think it's relevant we get this. I asked God to kind of give me a sign this morning to show me at least in direction what way to go. And uh, he's done that. So I want to be obedient and simply mind him this morning. So you pray for me. What I need more than anything is the unction of the Holy Spirit. And if uh, you're quenching the Spirit this morning, I'm going to ask you to repent 
right? It makes it go a lot easier for me if if everybody's in unison with the Spirit of God. So, so would you help me pray? There may be one among us today that needs to be saved. There may be some here right now that know that they're not right with God and they need to make an acknowledgement and they need to repent and get right with God. And so I'm just going to ask that everybody be obedient and let's mind the Lord. Are we living in the last days? What does the Bible say about the last days? I want to approach the subject this morning by trying to identify for you how we can know that it is the last days. And I've got a few scriptures here, four actually, that I'm going to share with you from the New Testament. From the writers of the apostles themselves as they wrote to the churches and gave them clear instruction on how they could identify the last days were among us. I want to start today and speak to you specifically about what will occur in the last days by saying in the last days people will be unfaithful to God. People will be unfaithful to God. Number one, the first scripture, 1 Timothy chapter number four, the Bible said, now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Unfaithful. Second Thessalonians chapter number 2, verse 1 through 3, says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition, unfaithful to God. If we look around us today and we look in our own society, I wouldn't expect that we could look in a godless nation like Iran or Iraq or certainly a nation that is uh, ruled by Muslims and they serve as to Allah. But may I say to you today, in a country where God has been preached, a country where Jesus Christ has been exalted, we should be able to look in a country of this nature and see a people that is serving God and doing so faithfully. What the apostle said here in the book of Timothy, as Paul wrote to to Timothy and also to the Thessalonians, was in the last days, he said, there shall be a great falling away. Now, in the book of Thessalonians, he said it like this. He said that in the last days, there shall come a great falling away, and the man of perdition shall be revealed. Now, we know that the son of perdition, the Antichrist, will be revealed during the tribulation. We know that truth, as as John the Revelator shared quite clearly the coming of the Antichrist and his purpose in the tribulation. And yet, what we find here, 
is that the apostle says that in the end time shall come a great falling away and the man, the son of perdition shall be revealed. So those two things are linked together. But may I say to you today, though we may not in this very moment be in a great falling away, I look and see that there is a falling away in the church. If, if, if a virus is able to segregate the church of God, the people of God, if there is whatever you want to call it, whatever it is today, it'll be something different tomorrow. But if there is anything that is greater than Jesus Christ, if there is anything that supersedes your love for Christ and your service to Christ and your obedience to Christ, I wonder if we're in a falling away. If we look around us, and I do, and as we go to different churches and we meet other pastors and we hear of other things, what you can see as you look among a congregation is a lot of empty benches. I wonder today that if we're truly in an unfaithful period when the days of apostasy are beginning to grow among us as men and women that have claimed to be uh, the people of God are suddenly falling away and losing their own hope if they ever had any. May I say to you today that what the Bible tells us that we're not of them that fall away under perdition but the Bible said that the born again believers are of them that believe unto the saving of the soul. You say in the preacher in the last days will the Christian people uh, fall away from God. I believe that what he's speaking of here expressly is the fact that apostasy is coming. There is coming a day, friend, and we're in it now where men will reject the truth of God and they will turn a deaf ear unto God and they will find themselves unfaithful in every way. A person that has been born again, according to the scripture, will persevere unto the end. And I believe that. I believe those that have been born again, you'll find them trying in one way or another. If nothing else, finding and experiencing the chastening hand of God for his own. But for those that have given themselves to Christ and have allowed him to make them their own or his own, may I say to you today, we ought to be able to look and see that we're in the last days. We're in a time, you see, when men, friend, have let themselves become just exactly what the Bible said. Number one is unfaithful, but number two is unholy. Think about this. The Bible said in 2 Timothy chapter number 3, verses 1 through 5. Let me read it to you. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Do you feel like we're living in perilous times? Is it a dangerous time that we live in? Is it dangerous to allow your children to be out of your sight? Afraid that somebody will steal them and they quickly become a part of this trafficking system going on in this world today. Is it perilous to consider that among us there are people that hate and despise and people that would rather kill than to live? I want you to know that we live in a perilous time, friend. And according to the apostle, he said we will know the last days because perilous times shall come. Not only perilous times, but we will find men will grow more unholy and ungodly than they've ever been. Listen to what the Word of God says. This know also 
that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Amen. They will be covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful to God, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Amen. Are we not in that day? Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. He said, from such, turn away. In the last days, according to the apostle, as he wrote to Timothy, he was warning him that in the last days, men would become unholy in every way. We're certainly living in a day where it, it's, it baffles the mind to understand how reprobate men have become, how ungodly and how unholy, how wicked that men have come in their own imaginations. I must say that as we look around us, friend, not only... Have we seen a departure from some of the faith? I believe they were never saved at all if they leave Christ. But may I say today, regardless, it is a leaving of a belief system. It is a departing of what even if they weren't saved, they were trusting in. They were expecting the gospel to have something, amen, that would change them or make a difference in them. Listen to me. We're living in the last days, friend. It describes it in clarity we live among unholy people wicked people and it seems to be growing more vile every day unfaithful a great falling away whether or not it is the great falling away we are certainly living in a falling away and we are living among unholy and ungodly people In the last days, he said these things would come. Thirdly, this is the last one for this in particular to help us identify. The Bible said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he said, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. It amazes me today when you see the number of people that will follow someone, that will follow a man or even a woman, a man with a false gospel. They will follow them, they will fund them, they will, will serve them in all kinds of ways. It doesn't, it oughtn't to surprise us, but friend, when the word of God is adulterated, when they take the truth and they twist it to fit their own agendas and to, and to promote their own prosperity, we have entered into a day of godliness when from pulpits all across this land, a heresy is being preached and People are receiving it with joy. They are receiving it with their whole hearts. They are not being saved, but they are receiving a heresy into their hearts. And you say, will this uh, bring about the coming of the Lord? I suggest to you today that the last days are where we're living. If ever there was been a time that men and women will not endure sound doctrine, we're living in that day. 
where people don't want to hear the truth. The truth convicts man. It makes us uncomfortable. The truth challenges where we have violated the will and the word of God. And may I say to you today, the only salvation that is available to mankind is from this word, whether it challenges my sinfulness, whether it makes me comfortable or not. The word of God is still the only means of saving power. Are we living in the last day? Right, that's the question. I'll give you four different references within the Word of God, multiple, multiple verses in all of those that I have read to you. But if you took those things and each one of them referred specifically to the last days, does what the Bible says about the last days, if we survey our position and condition right now, would we suggest that we're living in the last days? Any question about that? Are we living in the last days? Yes. Well, then then here's the next question. The Apostle John in 1 John chapter number 2 said, Little children, it is the last time. It is the last days. John wrote this, and certainly around 60, 70 AD, this was written a long time ago. And yet the Apostle John was willing to put forth by the means of Holy Spirit inspiration these words. He said, it is the last days. I want to say to you today that what John wrote was accurate. And I hope you'll see why here within, by the time we finish, but what John wrote was accurate. You say, how could it be accurate? If he wrote that it is the last times, how can it be 2,000 years later and you're still claiming that it is the last time? As I read to you from Second Peter chapter number 3, the Bible said the scoffers in the last days will say, where is the promise of his coming? You've been preaching this for hundreds or thousands of years. You've been telling us that Jesus is coming, scoffing at the word of God that he is coming. They say unto you, it is not the last days. You cannot prove that it's the last days. You cannot say that it's the last days because they've been saying it's the last days and it's not the last day yet. I want to suggest to you today that the Apostle John was not wrong. He was not wrong, not in the least, not even, not even near wrong. When John said, my little children, I write this unto you and tell you that it is the last time. And as ye have heard that the Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrists. There were then, guess what? There are now. Even now, there are many antichrists that exist who is ultimately the antichrist. I know not. Nobody else knows. But I can tell you this much. Even as we speak, there are many antichrists. They were then... And they are now. You say, why in the world are there always antichrists? I suggest to you today because it is always the last time. It was the last time then. It is the last time now. You say, how can that that not be a contradiction? How can that be something we accept that if it was the last time then, that it is the last time now? Let me see if I can help you with that. We're talking about a God that is eternal and not bound by time in any way or form. We're talking about a God who at any moment, based upon the authority of his holy word and the prophetic scriptures, as long as the word of God has been fulfilled, then here's what I can tell you. Jesus Christ could come at any moment. 
that makes the day that you live and you breathe this very moment in time that makes it the last day because he will come and when he does come friend you can be certain the message will have gone out that it is the last day and whether I'm alive and able to preach that message or someone else is coming after me here's what I can tell you until Jesus Christ comes again there will be men preaching it is the last day Why? Because there'll be a day. The only thing keeping him from coming right now is his mercies. There's not one prophetic scripture that is necessary to take place that is keeping God from sending his son back. Not one. The next agenda on God's time clock is the rapture of the church. And may I say to you today, it could be now. Brother Travis said it in Sunday school, it could be in the next second that Jesus comes Now, you can scoff at this and say, well, they've been saying that forever. But here's what I'm going to tell you. There's a day coming that that will be the truth. Now, I'm not saying that we have to be people that kind of bet on the come here, but may I say to you today that the Word of God is everlasting. It is sure. It is tried. Brother, it is forever settled in heaven. There is nothing else that needs to be done. All that's going to happen, friend, on that day is God's going to look over at the sun and he's going to say to him, go get them now and I want you to know there will have been men that have stood in a pulpit and have boldly proclaimed brother that Jesus Christ is coming and he could come today you need to be warned and recognize that we are living in the last days. They were living in the last days when my grandfathers were here. They were living in the last days when the first settlers came to this country. They've been living in the last days since the Lord Jesus rose from the dead, amen, and fulfilled all the prophetic scriptures necessary for the second coming of Christ. But here's what I'm going to tell you. There is coming a day when he will come that makes this you see if I knew the date if the date was in any way tied to a time in history or a time in the future then I could declare unto you that you have time But what I know from the word of God and by definition that we read to you today, if you look about us, there is a falling away that is occurring. There is a falling away in church houses all across this world. There is a falling away of men desiring to live right before God. There is a wickedness that is growing at a more rampant pace than it ever has before. There is an unbelieving of the word of God that is present. They will not endure sound doctrine today. Brother, according to the word of God, we are in the last days. Was he wrong? Was John wrong? He said, this is the last time. 
living in the last time. No, he wasn't wrong. No, Jesus could have come at any moment. You see, that makes the message very important. That, that, that makes the message not time-bound. It makes the message of the return of Jesus Christ a message of mercy and grace that is given out because God's long-suffering toward men is not because he's not keeping a promise. It's because he loves you and he wants to save to the uttermost those that will believe. You may be here today and you may think, I've got all the time on earth. But I'm here to tell you today by the authority of God's word that you do not. Let me be clear. You don't even have promise of the next second. He could come any minute now, right? You may come next Sunday and look me in the eye and say, well, told you he wasn't coming, right? And you know what? You'd be just like what the Bible said. There'll be scoffers that unbelievingly say, where is the promise of his coming? I don't believe he's coming. You keep preaching it, but he ain't coming. Let me tell you something. If he comes and you're still of that frame of mind, I'm telling you where you're going to go. You're not going to heaven, friend. You're going to hell because you're an unbeliever and you have rejected the Lord Jesus in your own heart. The last days. Either we're in the last days or we're not. And if we look at what the, what the apostles wrote for us to identify the last days, what I'm going to say to you today is everything that they said about the last days, we can look around us and say, yes, I'm checking all those boxes. Every one of those would identify this, this particular time Amen. as the last day. So I'm going to say it to you like this. You say, Preacher, are we truly in the last days? Yes. Now, they were in the last days then. I guarantee you. I, I promise you this. I don't know anybody from that era. They're all dead. But if you go back to World War II, when Hitler was extinguishing Jews by the millions, I guarantee you there were people saying, He's coming. He'll be here any minute now. You're talking about a falling away. They could see. They were incinerating and piling them up and putting their bones in pits and burning everything left. And, and I guarantee you, there were, there were Christian people all over the world looking at their watch spiritually and saying, the Lord's coming. He's coming. Hey, Amen. You know what? He could have come. He could have come. But you know what? You know what the apostle said? He said that when men say, where is the promise of his coming? He said, you need to understand one thing. He said that a day with the Lord ain't like a day with you. He said, when you talk about him not coming, he said, let me tell you something about the Lord God who is not ruled by time but rules time. He said, may I say to you that the rules of time have no bearing on my holy, infinite God who was the beginning and is the end, brother, and everything in between. He is time as we know it today. And what he said was, is the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. He is not slack. Concerning his promise, what promise? That he's coming. 
No, he said, but rather he is long-suffering to us, Lord, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come under repentance. Ain't you glad he didn't come right before you got saved? That's the best amen I've heard all day. Ain't you glad he didn't come the very second before you bowed a knee to him and said, Lord, save me? I sure am. Hey, man, what if he had come just five minutes before you ever hit your knees? Hear me. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise of coming. You say, well, is it the last days? I promise you, it is the last days. At any moment now, he is coming. I can look around me and by the word of God that has identified for me those characteristics of a world that will be ready when he comes or a world that will be in position according to what has been told to you and I. We are in that day. He could be here any moment. It's not slack concerning his promises. No, no. But rather he's long-suffering Somebody say amen to that. He is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You say, well, preacher, if you look at it that way, there ain't no telling when he'll come. True? That is true. That's what we know about history. I can stand here today in 2021 and look backwards to millennia and say to you that the long-suffering of God cannot be understood. It cannot be imagined. It cannot be overestimated. I tell you, God loves you so much that he let this wicked world click over one more 24-hour period yesterday and you're still alive. And the only reason, the only reason he didn't come back last night during that thunderstorm was because you are still lost. Somebody here is still lost. Somebody here ain't ready to meet the Lord. Somebody's not ready to go to heaven. And I'll tell you, we ought to thank God every day we open our eyes that he is merciful to the sinner. One more day, one more day, one more day. Oh, bless your heart. I hope you come back tonight, but let me be clear. We may not be here. That day is coming. You you better hear me today. That day is coming, and it could be today. And therefore, the responsibility of the men and women of God is to preach a gospel that says he is coming. And he could come at any moment. And I can look around me by the word of God and and look and say without any hesitation that we're in last days. But I can also say that there have been men, hundreds, thousands of men before us that said the same thing. Were they right? Yes, they were right. At any moment, the Lord Jesus could have come. But only because of the long-suffering of God does he wait one more second. One more second. One more second. Got any in your family, Rick, need to be saved? I find myself sometimes saying, Lord, come. That's not uncommon. Right? 
John the Revelator said, even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. He's about over this mess. He said, come on. But you know what? God didn't come. You know why he didn't come? Because of you. Right? And then when you got saved, you know why he didn't come the next day? Because of him. You say, how in the world can you with a clear conscience stand up and preach to them poor people that he's coming? Because he is. Bless your heart, it could be today. I ain't got a bit of hesitation in telling you that the Lord Jesus Christ could split the sky. The next thing you hear could be the trumpet. The next thing you hear could be the voice of the archangel of God as he declares the Lord Jesus rapture of the church. What's next on the time clock of the word of God is the rapture of the church. The only thing that keeps the tribulation from beginning right now today is that the bride of Christ is still here. She's not gone yet. The bridegroom is still here. Say, who's the bridegroom? It's the helper. Who's our helper? The Holy Spirit. I'll tell you right now, the only thing that keeps this world at bay today is the Holy Spirit of God. Holy Spirit of God, when the devil would raise up a wickedness so much that catastrophe would happen all over this world, the Holy Spirit said, no, you don't. Not today. You say, well, ain't there wickedness everywhere? Yeah, there's wickedness, but there's wickedness coming you can't fathom. There's a day coming you can't, you can't comprehend. And right now, the Holy Spirit of God's holding it back. He was will let will. Brother, he's going to be leaving here one day. The minute I'm gone, he's right behind me. Then will begin that day that Jesus spoke of in Matthew 24 when he said they'll hear of wars and rumors of war. The pestilences and famines and all these things will begin to take place during that tribulation period. And he said, but don't be afraid. He said, because these things can't happen until the end is near. You know what he's saying? He's saying that there ain't no reason to worry about it. The only thing you need to worry about today is whether or not your soul has been born again. The only thing you really need to contemplate today that your name has been written in heaven. Let me ask you something. If you believe that the Lord Jesus Christ at the trumpet sound is going to snatch you out of here. Huh? That's what he said in 1 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians, that's what he said. He said, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them that are asleep out there. He said, God ain't going to forget none of them. No, as a matter of fact, he said, when the rapture occurs, he said, they all go first. I don't know if you can imagine waiting in line when it's only a twinkle of an eye. But we second. If we're alive, we're in line. Because quicker than you can blink your eye, he will have resurrected everyone that died before us in faith. And then we'll have changed everybody alive that is a believer in Jesus Christ, giving them new bodies, and we will have all met him in glory. And just like that, That one day you didn't think ever was going to come has done gone. You won't have time to pray. You won't have time to whisper. You won't have to say, oh, Lord, and it'll all be gone. It'll be over. It'll be done. 
then I would contend, why wouldn't I persuade men? Why wouldn't I look you in the eye and with a clear conscience say, he's coming back, friend, and it could be today. Because simply, that's the truth. Are you ready to meet him? What you've been waiting on? Are you ready to meet God? I can tell you right now, you don't want to meet him in a shape that ain't prepared. Well, if you're lost, you're going to miss it altogether. But hey, think about, hey, think about you not being right with God. You getting before him and the, and the first thing you got to go through in that judgment is them days or them years or them hours that you spent saying, no, I ain't going to follow you anymore. No I ain't going to serve you anymore. No I ain't going to do what you say to do. I'm just going to live like I want to live. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm not going to follow you, God. May I say to you today, you better get right. He's coming back. This may be the day. This may be it. If we're allowed to come back here tonight, it'll simply be because God's long suffering to us has been extended one more period. But I cannot, I cannot tell you that I ain't out of here for lunch. You can't tell me that. You better get right with God. Because here's what I'm telling you. This could be the last day. There ain't anything in the Word that has to be done that's holding Him back. The only thing that keeps God from coming right now, this very second, while we preach this message, is His long-suffering for your heart. His long-suffering towards you. Well, He loves you today. Now He continues to put... Put men in a position where they've got to stand and they've got to tell a scoffing world that Jesus Christ is coming. He's coming. Are you ready? Right now, are you ready? The Word of God doesn't say you've got tomorrow. What it says is today is the day of salvation. Why? Because He could come any minute. He could be here any second now. The Lord Jesus could come. That is absolutely going to happen one day. When, when some poor unsuspect, well, maybe suspecting, one poor preacher is going to be standing up there and he's going to say, at any minute now, he ain't going to finish. And every born-again believer in the ground or alive, gone. Gone. Right behind them will be the one thing that holds wickedness at bay. And then hell will break loose on this earth like has never been known. Ever. I ain't got time to preach all that. But trust me, you do not want to be here when that starts. Tribulation wasn't meant for you, Gentile. Hear me. Purpose of the tribulations for Israel. Anybody anybody in here pure Jew? I didn't think so. You better get right with God. 
Well, preacher, if he happens to leave here without me, even if you ain't here, I'll come through them church doors and I'll hit that altar. You probably will. But don't think for one minute that having trampled the mercies of God and rejected the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, that you'll be any different that day. No, he quite specifically told them in the New Testament, he said, listen to me, when those days begin, God will send a strong delusion and they will believe a lie and they will be damned. You a Gentile, the best thing I can tell you is you better get born again because this is your day. This is the day of grace for whosoever will. You can be saved. But when that day comes, that one prophetically lines out word by word what he's doing. He's coming for Israel. And he's going to graft that good olive branch back in just like he grafted the wild ones. He's coming back, but he's coming for a reason. And it wasn't Gentile, it was Jew. Your day is now, friend. And if you think for one second that you've got tomorrow, you're foolish. You're foolish. Are we living in the last days? Yes, we're absolutely in the last days. I'd be a false prophet if I told you we've got plenty of time. Because we're in the last days. He could come at any moment. My question to you is, are you ready? Last verse, come get a song if you would. Let me read to you 2 Peter 3, 11 and 12. I've already read it once, but I'm going to close with this. He said, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. You hear him? Hear him now. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God. Wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. I'm going to ask you the same question. Seeing then, seeing then all that we've shared with you this morning, seeing then that all these things are going to come to pass just like that. What manner of persons ought you to be? As pertaining to holiness, as pertaining to godliness, what kind of person reckon we ought to be knowing that the Lord Jesus could come just like that and we'd be looking at him face to face? What kind of people ought we to be? Reckon we ought to be faithful? Reckon we ought to be holy? Reckon we ought to be believing people? Those are all the things that I gave you first to help identify that the fact that we're living in the last days because we have unthankful, unfaithful, unholy, ungodly people, unbelieving people everywhere. What kind of people ought you to be? Are you right with God today? Is your heart right with God? Are you ready to meet the Lord? He's coming. He's coming. Would you stand with us? Listen, friend, if you need to be saved today, you you need to run to God this morning.
Please get right with God. Don't, don't let not another second go off the watch without you come to Christ. The last day's coming. It'll be too late then. It'll just be too late. One minute, too late. You're sitting there, you're holding on to the bench. You're saying, just give me a minute. Brian, the day's coming when that, when that will have been too long. Because the next second, you could be standing here by yourself looking around. And you'll know, he's coming. Don't turn him away this morning. Don't turn him away. Get your heart right with God. Obey him this morning. The invitation's clear. Come. Go ahead and sing.